ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 30 seconds to go! Game, set, three-peat for Penrith! Well, the Panthers have gone and done it. Three premierships on the trot. Ivan and Nathan Cleary have led the men from the Riff to an historic three-peat in the NRL, the first since the Eels in the 80s. It didn't come easy either, having to mount a late charge from 16 points down in the second half to beat the Broncos. That's the biggest grand final comeback in the NRL era. How did they do it? Well, the answer is largely the greatest 20 minutes of football that Nathan Cleary has probably ever played. So is this the greatest team of the modern era? And at age 25, can we justifiably talk about the halfback as one of the all-time greats? I'm Poppy Penny, and this is ABC Sport Daily. Nick Campton writes all things rugby league for the ABC and Campo. It was an epic final. It had momentum swings. It had hat tricks. It had moments of absolute brilliance on both sides. But Penrith have completed an iconic three-peat. This team is clearly special. What is it about this Panthers group? I think probably the thing that stands out to me is probably their relentless competitive nature. They're the sort of team that there is no task that can't be accomplished as long as they've got enough time. You know, if you give them enough time, they could beat down a mountain. If you give them enough time, they could dig their way down a hill. And Brisbane just gave them just a little bit too much time. And Penrith showed so many of their championship qualities. You know, they showed composure under fire. They showed resilience. They showed incredible physical fitness. But that resilience, that willingness to keep fighting even when the cause looks lost until it's not lost anymore. That, to me, is the biggest hallmark of their four-year run that they've been on now. And really, that was what saved them on Sunday night. They had every right to try and put out the fire and not get embarrassed out there, but they didn't do that. They stayed on the job even when it looked hopeless. And by doing that, they found a little bit of hope. And then by continuing to do it, they found their third straight premiership. So that was what really stood out to me. Nathan Cleary, by his own admission, wasn't having the greatest game. Yeah, to be honest, the way I started the second half was, was absolutely awful. So I, I did feel it upon myself to try and lift us. Talk me through the on-field moments that saw him lift the Panthers, get them over the line, but also secure his second Clive Churchill medal. The thing that really unlocked Nathan Cleary was probably Jerome Luai going off the field. Of course, Luai and Cleary have such a great partnership. We've seen it be so effective for both Penrith and New South Wales in the past. But... Jack Cogger, who's a bit of an unheralded player, he sort of came to the Panthers this year to be the backup for Luan Cleary. He came on and the attack sort of changed a little bit, you know. He was playing a lot more direct and kind of just setting the table for Nathan Cleary to create things. And that was a really smart move because with Luai off the field and Isaiah Yo off for an HIA, it really was all on Nathan Cleary. If he wasn't going to be able to create something, then Penrith probably weren't going to be able to score any more points. But Cogger set the table for him and then Cleary just found some really classy attacking touches. Cogger away to Cleary. He dummies his way past Capewell. He's got support. Back on the inside of Moses Leona. He's going to score. Here's a game back on. He got the ball out there early for Stephen Crichton to get in a one-on-one battle with Katoni Staggs, and Crichton won that battle and scored. And then obviously getting the winner by just doing what he always does. Kenny, short side left, Cleary. Steps past one, two, three. Scores between the posts. Nathan Cleary has turned this grand final. He's picked it up, raised it above his head and flipped it over. What a try, Cleary. By just doing all the things that he does so well week to week, game to game, 
minute to minute, Cleary ended up having what I think will, will, will always be the greatest, the greatest 20 minutes of his career. And he's had some pretty great 20 minute stretches over his career, you know? So yeah, like that resilience I was talking about before, to me, a lot of that comes from Nathan Cleary. You know, I think the attitude that he has to his football is reflected in a lot of what the Panthers do. But um, yeah, he was certainly the one who took control of the game when Penrith really, really needed it. Cleary yesterday put Penrith on his back. He carried that team across the line, as you say. Some players have just got it. They've got that talismanic energy. He is still only 25 years old. Andrew Johns said it was the greatest performance by a halfback in a decider ever. With so much of his career still in front of him, where does he sit sort of in that upper echelon of all-time greats? It's really difficult to compare halfbacks across time, you know, because there's so many different variables. There's the different skill sets of the players. There's the the vagaries of the eras that they play in. There's the caliber of teammates around them. There's good and bad luck that can really impact things. But I I think after Sunday, Cleary's got to be right up there with Andrew Johns, with Cooper Cronk, with Jonathan Thurston, because if he retired tomorrow, he would already have enough career accolades to stand alongside those sorts of players. And Sunday night really affirmed his place among those best playmakers of all time. I think he'll continue to accumulate a lot more glory as his career goes on. You know, I don't think Penrith are done as a premiership contender by any means. Even if they don't win another premiership next year, they'll be there or thereabouts for years to come. But I would be really, really surprised if he ever plays a better game than he did on Sunday. And if he does, I can't really imagine what that would look like, you know. And after these last four years with Penrith, I think we can all imagine quite a bit. But I tend to try and stay away from saying, you know, this guy's the best ever or this guy's the best ever or anything like that. But I don't think you can have a conversation about the best halfbacks of all time without mentioning Nathan Cleary. And at 25, I think that's just about as big a rap as you can give somebody. There is, of course, another Cleary behind this team. Ivan is pulling the strings from the coach's box. And aside from stare downs with those icy blue eyes, how is it that he just keeps getting it done with Penrith? Yeah, it's funny. I actually think that Ivan Cleary's contribution to this whole Penrith dynasty is still a little bit underrated. But if you sort of zoom out a little bit, it is an incredible feat of coaching. You know, there's only about half a dozen players left in the team from that first grand final side in 2020. You know, they've had to replace a lot of guys and there's a lot of players who who were a little bit unheralded when they got to Penrith. And when they come to the Panthers and they get into that system, they turn into stars. Some of them turn into superstars. And I think so much of that has to be put down to Ivan Cleary. And I think his secret weapon as a coach is the confidence he can instill in his players. I just can't put into words. Um, all the training you do, all the sacrifices, love yourselves, and the belief that, you know, we just, I don't know, I don't know how that happened, but because we were in all sorts, um, they were looking every bit as athletic and dangerous as we hoped they wouldn't be. Um, but we just somehow stayed in and found the points when we needed to. You talk to someone like, Scott Sorensen, who was almost out of the league when he arrived at the Panthers and now has gone on to win three straight premierships. So you look at someone like Dylan Edwards, who was a consistent first grader before this run, but now is one of the best fullbacks in the entire competition. If you talk to guys like that, or you talk to guys like Jack Cogger or Moses Leota or Mitch Kenny or anybody like that, they all say that the best thing that Ivan Cleary does for them is he makes them 100% clear on what their job is and he gives them the confidence that all they have to do is play their way and things will work out fine. And that reminds me of the way that some players used to talk about Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy and Jack Gibson and all the other great coaches. And I think given what Ivan Cleary's done with this Panther side over the last three years, he's got to be in that conversation as well. They just keep doing it and they keep doing it with different sides and they're winning grand finals all these different ways. And 
you know, he's the one who's in charge of it all. So it's a funny thing to say about a guy who's won three straight premierships, but I still don't know if we talk enough about how Ivan Cleary has sort of engineered this team for all the success they've enjoyed in recent years. Campo, there have been some great rugby league teams across the years. The Dragons in the 50s and 60s, the Eels 40 years ago, Broncos dominance throughout the 90s, and the debate began in earnest when the Panthers went back-to-back. Now that they've got the triple, where do they sit in that sort of grouping of history? I had them as the best team of the NRL era once they went back-to-back, and now that they've won three in a row and winning it the way they did, To me, they are the best team of all time. You can compare them to the 50s and 60s Dragons, but you have to remember that those grand finals were all played under unlimited tackles. So it's almost kind of a different sport to what Penrith are playing. The player pool wasn't as large. It was very much a Sydney competition. But when you think about salary caps and how great teams get sort of pulled apart as soon as they hit the mountaintop and how hard it is to find the desire to keep working as hard as you can when you're already the best. When I think about all those things that are meant to stop something like this from happening and all these things that Penrith have overcome, I think the answer's pretty simple. You know, And you think about all the great teams we've seen over the NRL era, the Wayne Bennett Broncos and the Craig Bellamy Storm and the Trent Robinson Roosters, only one of them was able to go two in a row. And when that happened, it felt like a, a monumental achievement, and it was. But imagine tacking another premiership on top of that. To me, it's the length of their dominance, it's the weight of their achievement, and the fact that they've been able to win their grand finals in three different ways. To me, it's a pretty clear answer that Penrith are the best rugby league team we've ever seen. You touch on salary cap and sort of these equalisation measures and the way the Panthers have been able to overcome that. They're going to have the same thing this year. The salary cap squeeze is going to get to them. Players like Stephen Crichton are moving on. How are we going to stop them, Campo? Well, when they lost Api Korosau and Viliami Kikau last year, who were two players who played such a big role in their rise, I was thinking, okay, well, Penrith are still going to be good, but they're going to come back to the pack a little bit. They're not going to be as good as they were. Korosau and Kikau, they're, they're too good. You can't just replace those guys. And Poppy, they just replaced those guys. <laughs> so I don't know who they're going to put in for Stephen Crichton. I don't know how they're going to fill that gap because he was exceptional in the grand final, I thought. Kenny, centre field left to Cogger. Out the back to Cleary, then to Crichton. Crichton over the 10 metre line for the goal line. Crichton gets there. How did he do it? He's over for Penrith. Oh, as the old race callers used to say, don't rip up your tickets. The grand final tri-scoring specialist Stephen Crichton is over. And he's been great in all four of their grand finals, you know, scoring a try in each of them and really cementing his status as one of the best big game players in the league. I can't doubt Penrith anymore. I don't think anybody can. I'm sure they'll find someone. They'll put him in the centres and we might not know his name when he gets named there for round one, but we'll definitely know his name by the end of it. You know, Penrith are a star-making machine at this point and I think there's plenty of players across the league who would kill for a chance to play in that side and sort of get a little bit of that Ivan Cleary magic and be a part of what is fast becoming one of the great winning runs in the history of rugby league. Yeah, they've proven that you certainly can't doubt them. Just quickly on the Broncos, Campo, a really tough pill to swallow, such a close game, and they really looked to have it in hand late in that second half. Will they be looking at what Penrith have done since that 2020 grand final loss for a bit of inspiration to kind of bounce back? I think so. I think so. And while Broncos fans are currently, you know, doing it very, very tough and there's nothing anybody can say that can make them feel better. The thing that I would hold on to is that for 20 minutes, one of the best rugby league sides of all time were totally helpless at stopping the Broncos. Goes left to Mam, away to Walsh, zip, 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 over halfway, beats one, two, got the pass to Mam, looking for a grand final hat-trick, he's passed them, he's over, he's rampant, the Broncos are going to break a 17-year drought.
Brisbane, we're only able to do it for 20 minutes and it still nearly won them a premiership. So imagine what they can do if they can do that for a half or an entire game. So while Brisbane obviously are in a really dark place right now, I do think the future is really going to be bright for them. I don't think this grand final appearance is a one-off. I think there's grand finals in their future. I think there's premierships in their future. They will need to sort of turn this into a motivating force rather than something that weighs them down. But I think they can do it. I think as long as Reese Walsh is there and Ezra Mam's there and Payne Haas is there, they're always, always going to be in with a shot. So Broncos fans are doing it tough, but I think the future is still extremely bright for them. Well, if Queenslanders need cheering up, just a reminder that they did actually win the Origin Shield this year, so I think they'll be okay. Cambo, I'm sure you earned a very big break. It's been a massive NRL season. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me, Poppy. Headlines and in basketball, the Queen of the Court, Lauren Jackson, has announced that she will extend her incredible career for at least one more season by saying simply, I'm not done yet. After recovering from an Achilles injury earlier this year, the 42-year-old will suit up for the Southside Flyers when the 23-24 season starts on November 1. Cricket and the West Indies have pulled off the highest ever women's T20 international run chase, reeling in Australia's total of 212. Candle works it away. Perry does across the wicket. They'll come back here for a second. Throw comes into the deep Sutherland. They get there for the second and they pull off the most extraordinary victory. The West Indies with a record run chase. The win was largely off the back of an incredible knock from their skipper, Hayley Matthews, who scored 132 off 64 balls for her seventh consecutive player of the match performance. This means the series is tied one all with the decider to be played in Brisbane on Thursday. And you might remember earlier this year, Andy Murray and Thanasi Kokonakis playing an epic match at the Australian Open that finished at 4am. Well, the tournament has announced that it will now be run over 15 days as opposed to 14 to try and limit the number of late finishes like that one. While the change will obviously make no difference to the length of the matches, there will be less volume on each court, meaning earlier start times and therefore earlier finishes, because 4am really is too late. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Ronell Moa. Thanks to the Southside Flyers for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.